0: One evening as the sun went down and the jungle fire was burning, down the track came a hobo hiking. And he said, boys, I'm not turning. I'm headed for a land that's far away, beside the crystal fountains. So come with me, we'll go and see the big rock candy mountains. In the big rock candy mountains, there's a land...
1: Welcome to Homeless in Aspen. A series of shows that uh, me, Dr. Vince Savage, the Executive Director of the Homeless Shelter here in Aspen, is having in hopes of uh, helping the general public understand a lot more about homelessness, particularly homelessness here in Aspen, and how that really is. Uh, for those of you who don't know, I' we'll would like to let viewers know that we've had our homeless shelter now for over 10 years. And um, our mission is to keep homeless persons alive, safe, and fed and help them access resources to meet their needs and assist them in transition to stability and self-reliance. Sounds like a simple mission, but it's not nearly as simple as you'd think. Um, We have three basic programs. One is the winter overnight, uh, where for the four coldest months of the year, we try to provide a place where people can at least sleep in a dry, warm, level place. Um, It's pads on the floor, nothing fancy. Uh, And we'd like to thank the Um, St. Mary Catholic Church for providing us that space up until this time at least. And I'd also like to always thank uh, Douglas Elliman Real Estate, the Little Nell and the Skiing Company for being two of our big sponsors. Pitkin County, Aspen Valley Hospital, uh, the Thrift Shop of Aspen and the City of Aspen all assist us uh, to some degree in providing our services. So today I have a guest that I want to share with you named Marlene, who is a real live woman homeless person in Aspen. And uh, I want to introduce Marlene to you. Welcome. Thank you. I'll throw some questions out for you, but it's very informal. So uh, ask and answer uh, anything you want. But I was curious to begin with, like, how long have you been in Aspen? And then attached to that is like, how long what's your history with being homeless?
0: Well, I came to Aspen in 1976 via Greyhound bus when it 1976. used. To, yeah.
1: Why why did you come to Aspen?
0: Uh, I got off work. This is when I lived in Oregon, small town, and my mother told me that she was divorcing my dad. Hmm. And after one year. And I said, Okay. I asked my dad, do you want me to stay? Do you want me to help? And he said no. And um, I said, well, can I go to Aspen? he said, sure. So he put my stuff in a bag, and here I came. Put you on a bus. Yes. Yeah.
1: So how long, how many years, uh, on and off or whatever, have you experienced homelessness?
0: I left home, actually, when I was 13. Really? Yeah. And so... Things were going on in the family that um, I was getting hurt. And I came from a family that basically we weren't meant to be seen or heard.
1: As the children, right? And
0: we weren't believed. Ah. Yeah. Yeah, I was a baby.
1: So you thought you'd strike out on your own and, and find something uh, more likable or more meaningful, right?
0: And well, so- I was an adventurer. Type kid, I guess, because I jumped on my bicycle in Brookings, Oregon, and pedaled all the way to Eureka, California.
1: Wow! Which yeah. is what a couple hundred miles or a hundred miles? about
0: 110 miles, I think. Yeah. yeah, that was that was a fun trip. Yeah, <laughs> it was. <laughs> I had places to go and people to meet and things to do. Well, so, you
1: mentioned that being a fun trip. Tell me about. What's your experiences being homeless have been that aren't too much fun? Because I think uh, a lot of oh, people ask me, mm. you know, you know, how do people do it? How do people put up with the uncertainty and, or even troubles and stuff?
0: You know, uh, i got to count my blessings because I've come so close to being put away for decades because of being around the wrong people. I escaped that. Uh, when you
1: say "put away," do you mean like jail or prison or Probably mean- prison? Yeah, yeah.
0: so I, I, I know that the something is protecting me. Something has protected me my whole life, definitely. I shouldn't be sitting here right now. Um,
1: you mean you've come close enough to danger and death and, and-
0: death. Yeah, um,
1: but it sounds like somehow, miraculously, in your life, you've made the right decisions. If not just, uh, I've talked my
0: way out of these situations from being raped, uh, when a gun was pointed at me. Uh, I've um, yeah, I've had gun, a hunting rifle, shot off around me when I was pregnant with my daughter so I've been in dangerous situations and
1: (laughs) yeah and I don't mean to drag all this stuff up Uh, (laughs) in a way that feels bad for you but I think it's really important uh, particularly maybe for women in our viewership out there to understand that um, there's a lot of dangers and a lot of problems in not having a regular home to go home to a family or Yeah, a place that you know you belong
0: Yeah, I, I do have family But um, they did not th- th- This We Too movement uh-huh. Or Me Too, Me too. Move, Yeah, yeah I, I I got A little bit involved in that And then I thought about it And I thought You take a risk When you want to break the cycle Of violence uh-huh. Or you want to make amends to, to what I did Uh Five years ago, as I went to my father and I apologized to him for everything that I put him through, uh, why, why I left home when I was 13, because he didn't know. Why I acted out the way I did. And when I told him who it was.
1: It had been hurting you, right?
0: Yeah. He, we checked on the computer and he passed away years ago. And the perpetrator, passed the perpetrator away. passed away. And um, I remember my sister saying, do not tell father, it will kill him. And I thought, you know what? All this secret for years, why I, I turned to drugs and alcohol, it's because I didn't want to live. The secret was too much. And I tell people that in the Me Too, you have a choice. You're going you're gonna to either... Um, tell everybody it risk it's a big risk tell everybody and have them not believe you and be disowned uh uh-huh. or they're going to believe you and pull you into the spotlight and because it's still a man's world say well you know maybe it's you had something to do with it yeah it's your fault you you're fault. sexy or you're this you were thing too and that thing or- in my case i was disowned twice and that was enough for me so there's, there's yeah an old
1: saying that says not to say that, that having these problems makes you sick but there's such a there's a saying in the counseling field that you're as sick as your secrets right meaning yeah. that if, yeah. you're, if you haven't found the opportunity where it's safe and i mean literally safe to talk out things then you're sort of destined to act them out and, yes. and not in any way meant to blame people for acting out, but it's a way of understanding what the alternatives were. Either you find a way to talk it out or you're stuck acting it out. And I think that fits a lot of people. It doesn't have to be a necessarily a horrible-sounding history, but just things that, that happened that weren't good, you know, uh, can lead you to make decisions, whether that's ride your bike to Eugene, Oregon, or uh, come yeah. to Aspen on a right. bus, <laughs> you yeah.
0: Yeah. I um
1: Well you're a survivor for sure then aren't I'm you? I'm
0: a survivor. Yes. I spent my nights out um in parks, uh when I was younger. Mm-hmm. Um the one thing I've never had to do was sell myself. Uh and I still get it today because I'm homeless. People would say, well, you know, hook up with a rich man and, you know, that has a nice home, that has a car. And that's not going to solve anything. I have to be strong on my own and do it for myself without having to rely on somebody who's basically, I think in my mind, using me.
1: Yeah. Like, it's kind of a glorified. I've already
0: felt bad <coughs> for decades. I don't want to feel bad anymore. It's
1: kind of a glorified long term prostitution to say, okay, you pay the bills and right. I'll be your little plaything or something. Yeah, like that.
0: that's not me. That's good.
1: But choosing that path has made it materially more difficult, right? Like, you've got to.
0: It is more difficult. Yeah. But it's, it's made me realize my strength. And that I can do it on my own. What's of all, I'll ask for help.
1: Well, and there are places that will help you without <laughs> you know? making a, de- a deal with the devil. You know? Right. Yeah, exactly. So that's I what deal we with the try devil. to do is help
0: people. And I appreciate that because, you know, this, uh, I wasn't expecting to be in this kind of a situation when my daughter said, well, I'll come to Denver, live with me, <clears throat> you know, and then all of a sudden it's like, this ain't working out. And I'm like, now what? I guess I'll go back home. Aspen's always been my home, off and on. I always come back here for, yeah. You have a long, you mind. have a long
1: relationship with the city of Aspen. Yes. In this area. Yeah. <clears throat> so you have a daughter but, in Denver, is that right?
0: Oh yeah, yeah. I'm very proud of her. Yeah, she, she is an official manager of, um, of a shop. Oh great. Yeah. So she's there six, sometimes seven days a week. She's on the right track and we broke that chain in our family so the it's been chain painful. of violence and so on it's been youth. so painful and i think she's <clears throat> starting now to come to terms with that you know why my family has never called to ask you know uh, how are you doing or birthday cards or christmas presents or anything
1: any of those Nothing. rituals of caring that you might expect in a for my moment. daughter
0: yeah yeah So I know it's been harder on my daughter than it was harder for me.
1: It's been harder on my daughter daughter than it was for you? She's
0: Mm -hmm. totally abandoned, except by me.
1: Here's another little statistic that I don't know, we've never talked about this, but it's very common for homeless persons, whether they're men or women, um, to be estranged from their family of origin, if you know what I mean, their original mother, father, sisters, and brothers, and... I don't know how many people we've had come through the Aspen homeless shelter that say, "Oh no, I'm an orphan. I have nobody. I have no family," and then we find out later, one way or another, that they do have family, but they've been estranged from them for 12 years or 20 years, and yeah. and that's just something maybe people ought to see as a warning sign that if they're that estranged from the people they grew up with, and maybe deservingly. Maybe some families are pretty toxic places to be, you know. Right. Like you said, you felt you yeah. were in danger.
0: I um Yeah. I did not feel safe as a child. I never did. As far back as I can remember, I didn't feel safe. My so stepmother risks. was highly abusive. Uh-huh. And then when I met my real mom, she was very abusive too. Yeah.
1: So you have a lot of experiences in life not feeling safe. So I'm wondering if that makes the prospect of being homeless not quite as much risk or it's like a different kind of not being safe to be sleeping outdoors or not being sure where you're going to be on certain nights. And Do you feel...
0: That concerned me greatly um, when we were asked to, you know, our time was up at St. Mary's and I really appreciate... um, what they did for us you know um things were a little iffy now and then there's many nights we didn't get sleep but that's how it is certain rules need to be followed um april the first it was kind of like now what yeah that's i can do this i told myself (laughs) i can do this that's if I have to sleep out in the woods, I will because I have good survival skills.
1: That's something I'd love you to talk more about because one of the big issues we have, uh, we have a limited budget. Yeah. We're not supported yeah. carte blanche by the government or the county or anything. They contribute some, but 90% of our funds are raised with what I call bake sales, you know, from the goodness of the right, heart of people right. who say – I'm going to write you a check for 25 bucks, or I'm, I'm going to buy one of these T-shirts for 25 bucks. you know, which is one way we this. we get. You haven't seen these? No. Homeless in Aspen. And it, the next line down says, send money, which we thought was kind of ironic and funny in a way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, I, like you know, Aspen, I like it. I like it. It's like sending coal to Newcastle. You know, if there's not enough money... In Aspen already, (laughs) there's something wrong with the distribution system because there are too many people that don't have enough.
0: Yeah, and there's a lot of people that have more than they need, and I don't think they're scared to know about it.
1: But this issue of we can only cover indoor overnight shelter for four months of the year has become a major issue, and there's a lot of people who kind of like the idea of like, having a place for people to sleep inside all year round. Um, but they're not ready to come up with a solution as to where we could do this. See, like St. Mary's Parish, I think, is very generous to turn over their bottom floor of the church and their classrooms to us every night. And they have to oh, they, absolutely. they have to change yes. their schedule some. I mean, they can't have any meetings that last past nine at night because we're in there. And, and then we have to get mm-hmm. out by... at the latest in the morning because there's mass a lot of mornings at 7. So it's kind of a balancing act when we do this sort of thing with churches. And it's
0: stressful for both people, Yeah, you mentioned that. It's it's very stressful.
1: And tell me a little bit about that. Is it some of the people that are there or just the time crunch or what is it?
0: The time crunch and some of the people that are, if I may be so blunt, are allowed to come in there shouldn't there, sh- there has to be rules to follow because one person who's not acting quite right is definitely going to affect everybody else, and some people have to get up and work there's times i've had to get up and go to work and no sleep you know well, that's one reason
1: so, that's one reason we have these rules about you can't come in after ten because if you go to sleep at ten lights out everybody start sleeping you know which is not always that easy to just fall asleep but at least yeah. you've got from 10 at night till 5.30, 6 in the morning, which is almost an eight-hour sleep. If we let in people that are drunk and disorderly when the bars close at 2, I guess it is. No sleep. Yeah, it, it totally None. disrupts your sleeping. Or if we let in people, even at the right time, who are just acting crazy or disruptive, and you've experienced that some, right?
0: Oh, my gosh. Oh, yeah.
1: And see, oh, for yeah. years... We've tried to let the police and law enforcement people know that we can't be just a dumping grounds for every problem behavior that happens after 9 at night. And there are a lot of those problems that happen. Uh, We cannot um, let just anybody in. Yet at the same time, and you've seen this, you've probably witnessed this, we get a four-degree night or four-below-zero night, and somebody comes in, and yeah, they've had a bit too much to drink. They would blow over the... 0.08 but if they're being well behaved and they're willing to just lie down and go to sleep that's
0: acceptable
1: that's acceptable but it's so hard for people to understand that it's all based on behavior
0: Right.
1: it's not exactly whether they're over 0.08 0.08 is what we can say is our you know cutting off point for not letting people in but it's really about the behavior so what do you do i agree with you what do you do when you're a staff member and somebody comes in and they're acting okay and then an hour later they start acting crazy you know and we are in this what we call a moral dilemma whose needs are we trying to preserve is it the host place like the church uh is it uh the staffs need to be able to not feel in danger and to keep other
0: other People clients safe. from yeah.
1: being feeling unsafe. Or do we want to turn somebody away or throw them out and know that they might go outside and Never sit in a running up. car and die from carbon monoxide poisoning or, or go fall in a ditch and yeah. freeze if they're drunk enough? So that's one of the things that we're doing this series for is to try to convey to people from the horse's mouths, if you may, if I may, uh, um, from the people that actually know what's going on uh, to express what some of these dilemmas are because it's not as simple as some bureaucratic-minded people might think. You know, like, well, just do that and just do this and we're gonna end homelessness in the valley and I could really challenge that idea because
0: no matter. I'm sorry to interrupt, but I wish more people had empathy such as yourself, because, yeah, a lot of people are like, well, just don't believe, you know? Yeah. Well, how would you feel knowing that you you just sent somebody to their death? Yeah, you know? it's not a
1: good feeling. No, So no. we feel our first mission is to keep people alive and safe and right, fed. Right, right. And we deal with all these other problems of crazy behavior and drunken <laughs> behavior as yes. a result. And you witnessed some of that even today, right? Oh, we had somebody yes. going off about, it wasn't really so much about the immediate problem. It was like the injustices of the world, and you guys, <laughs> yeah. should, you guys, a little
0: too broad of of the whole problem, you know, the <laughs> Earth's problem. But we can only solve, you know, one thing at a time. And what I, what I try to tell people, without sounding superior, is, is that every little thing is a gift. When you don't have anything you know, for, for so long that you begin to appreciate even the tiniest thing.
1: And, you know, I don't think people who work with homeless or any of our funders expect people to get down on bended knee and go, oh, thank you, thank you there, but no. for the grace of God, it goes high. But I think what we, we do have a hard time with is people who decide they're going to bite the hand that feeds them. In other words, exactly. come up with a long yes. list of everything that's wrong and
0: everything and, that's wrong, but except everything. Maybe that's human behavior. Um, I would think is 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 that people forget that make a list of all the good things. That's why um, when I wake up, I try to remember <laughs> <laughs> to always look up at the sun or appreciate find something to be gratituous about. Yeah. Is that a word? Grateful. Gratituous? Yeah. I just made I like up it. a word. <laughs> I like you it. You invented too.
1: a new word. I like it. There you go. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, and again, I don't think anybody expects people to go around hat in hand feeling humble and because one of the problems of being homeless is it's kind of humbling. It's you know, very
0: it's, humbling. Yes.
1: And so yeah. I can see why people tend to not be at their best when they're stressed out over being homeless or you you can't, know, even the, the, even to the at your best. act of somebody giving you something the other side of that two-edged sword is like maybe I'm inadequate that I have to ask or I have to live on handouts or you know I mean I don't know how many people feel that way maybe you can in, give me some insight do you, do you think some people it's just I'm embarrassed to be homeless so I get gnarly and critical or
0: i I get quiet a lot of people ask me they say um so how are you doing because normally i walk around with a a smile on my face i'm optimistic and i don't tell people the truth that i'm homeless Uh, it's humiliating
1: yeah it's a little thing it's common among anybody who's felt shame to they want, uh, th-
0: and then they go, why? When you tell them, why?
1: Like, why did you do that? Like, you're like what did you
0: do in your life? Yeah. You know, to me, you know, to, um, made bad choices. Things happened. I didn't want to live with someone. And.
1: Do you think women in particular make that choice sometimes to go live with someone rather than be homeless? And yes. kind of make a deal with the devil?
0: Yes. I've seen a, so many times, so many times. And it usually turns into a very negative situation where one or the other is drinking and then the abuse starts and, you know, the psychological and emotional abuse. um, No. I I, I personally have a hard time dealing with myself and my disability. Why do I want to move in with someone I don't know who... I could potentially, yeah, give me a roof over my head, but have the pen- potential to damage me even more. Yeah, they have these, some
1: ulterior motives that are more damaging than what you face. I know someone here who sleeping. just tried
0: to pull that on me and, oh, I'll get your car all fixed for you and everything. And, and then it turned into something else. And I'm like, you got to be kidding. This is a grown man.
1: This again, yeah. This again?
0: He's a grown man. We're older. I don't play that game, and there's a lot of other women that don't play that game, and they're out there. They're out there.
1: The meanings. And, and, and I and I feel bad
0: but, for yeah. the for the women that that do take that easier road. Um, or might seem easier to them that hey, this this is a good deal, home, my own place, you know. the guy's never there, you know, whatever. But yeah,
1: yeah. um, I, I've. So you think that. Now, One reason there may be fewer homeless women on the street is not because they might not be homeless for the normal reasons, but that they may make that choice to say, I'll let some guy take care of me because it's better than sleeping on in the woods.
0: Of course. I'd rather take my chances.
1: And see, there's something being said there about unequal power relationships. Yeah. You know, if if you... For that matter, if you marry somebody because they're filthy rich and you're just a normal working person, you might experience those power differentials. You know, like, hey, you do what I say, uh, do my bidding, or else you could be back working at the bar or whatever you are doing. Yeah, I've heard those things have been said
0: to me. Or another one I heard with a a man I lived with for 11 years. Um, He said, I made you. I was (laughs) <laughs> she didn't make me.
1: I just grew up. Took a hank of hair <laughs> and a piece of bone and made a, right. yeah, like a <laughs> God thing going in yeah. yeah,
0: I was like, you didn't make me. I just grew up, and because of the things I saw, my experiences were different than his, I just matured in a different way. He didn't. <laughs>
1: well, let's talk about that a minute. Is there such a thing as maturing out of homelessness? Do people, Absolutely. Do people just finally get disgusted with the raw living and the rough sleeping and the being feeling whatever we were talking about? That feeling, you know. I think there's two kinds.
0: I think there's two kinds: the kind that give up, and slowly you see them deteriorate, which mm. is the saddest thing, and it, it it upsets me because everybody has potential.
1: Meaning their their arc of progress, just keeps going down. Down. Sometimes and and I then know, they'll say, oh, there's no hope for me. Sometimes I know that has me. to do with their drinking or drugging behavior. Right, those are progressive right. diseases that unless you quit it, it's going to get worse.
0: And those who say, well, I don't want to live anymore. I'm just going to end it. That makes me mad because when people get to that point, to me, it, it, it's... Everybody has their own reason, and we may never know because they're not around. It's their own reasons for committing suicide, okay? Um, you
1: know, what you're talking about, a slow way, not a quick way. Like yeah. Let myself go to where I don't wake up some morning.
0: Yeah, because they can't take the pain of being homeless anymore. This makes me mad because it doesn't only affect the, the ending of their life, it affects Everybody that knows them, everybody that has loved them, and maybe those people that um,
1: even the helping are surprised. Yeah, even the They're helping like, profession people I get together, bring no their hands and say, "What could we have done?" And what oh could I God, have said in, in our co- in our county or in our valley? Somebody died, right?
0: It affects everybody because there is there is this invisible thread amongst people who live in Aspen who have been here for years, decades. Mm-hmm. Um, that when somebody does that it affects yeah, everybody and this is when I have a talk and I had a talk with a gentleman uh, last week I said don't you understand And don't you do it but you're gonna be hurting everybody everybody not just yourself you can't take it anymore and you're gonna leave us here to take you know yeah, to take the rest of it <laughs> no you're not gonna do that you're not gonna put that on me and everybody else that knows you and you know, he's, he's a gentleman. He has a drinking problem. and uh,
1: That kind of touches on the concept some people have that some suicides are kind of a big F you to the world. You know, it's like, screw you guys. I'm going to take charge of my life and end it, you know. And it, it does make people that are surviving, you know, the people that no, knew them, feel bad.
0: Well, yeah. I, yeah guilt like what could i have done we've had a few people
1: die in the last year yes did you know any of them or
0: yes yeah and um when i when i came back from overseas there's quite a few people that i knew in the 70s and 80s that i wanted to say thank you to because they were trying to give me advice and i wouldn't listen i didn't want to live i just wanted to party my life away whatever i didn't care yeah, your care.
1: advice is based on the assumption that I care about <clears throat> the distant future, when all I really care about is getting through this day as painlessly as possible. Exactly. Be drinking, drugging, sex addiction, anything. Right? Any? Yeah. <clears throat> right.
0: Right. And so I come back here, and I ask my friend, "You know, where so and so?" It was like the first two months that I came back, it was like, "Oh, you know, sorry, so and so passed away." I'm like and then the next week, oh, so, so it was getting to be like, why, why? They became hopeless because of the such a drastic change in Aspen, and some of them couldn't deal with it. You know, all of a sudden the the, the room you had in old Victorian that was thirty five dollars a month is like over a thousand dollars. And it blew me away. I had a culture shock when I came back. I'm like, what happened? That's the first thing I said when I came down off uh, Independence Pass. You know, my friend and I, we, we come into down, and I see this big basket. No offense. But I <laughs> said, what the hell happened to Aspen? He goes, oh, you haven't seen it all. And I didn't know what language to speak. So you're talking I was stuck in the Atlantic about- Ocean. But you're talking somewhat
1: about the economic disparity between oh, the yeah. wealthiest and yeah, those that and, can afford to live here.
0: Yes, and a few of my friends decided to end their life because of that despair, that hopelessness.
1: Really? There's no way I'm ever going to pull out of this nosedive, and so no.
0: And I and I certainly, you know, I'm still in shock about it. You know, it's like I this is my home, it's always been my home. I can't afford to live here. And that hurts. It yeah. hurts.
1: And is it I because that
0: invisible thread that we're tied to so many people here, you know?
1: I was just listening to De Blasio on radio this morning, who's mayor of New York City, talking about we're solving all our homeless problems by we're giving people a place to live. And I never know how accurate that is, but um, certainly there's a a wide belief in the system that, you know, housing first, it can at least get people into some kind of basic housing, then our other problems can be addressed better, whether that's drinking, drugging, craziness. So b-
0: going back to the projects again, building new well, projects? or, that's, or that's Is the he talking stuff. about the, the armory I don't in know. South Manhattan? I don't know. Because exactly I've been what there, and that is horrible.
1: To. Well, we hear that from other people that have oh. left here and gone to Step Denver or gone to. Uh, Other places like Fort Lyons, and they seem to come back. And I'm going, wait a minute, you're back here complaining because on April 1st you got to start camping, right? Or we don't have enough butter, or you know other things that you think are a little over the top. Yeah, I'm I'm not laughing at them. I'm uh, laughing.
0: I I find it amusing, I guess, at the absurdity of people thinking that, oh, this we're in Aspen. Yeah. This is terrible. Are you kidding me? And I'll tell them, why don't you, why, you know what? You need to go to New York City and try homelessness there. Yeah. Because it is not kind. Try and. It is hard yeah. when they when they tell you you have to strip down in front of us and take a shower with lye soap. It's Bed-bone just like check, right? prison, <laughs> and everything that you have, even if it's just a little bag of cookies, will be gone. And if you think that is bad. They'll send you to East New York to another homeless shelter, and it is worse. Hmm. Cheese, plain old government cheese on white bread. And somebody will offer you that because they want you to be there. Yeah. Uh Uh-huh. So please, this is why I... American cheese sandwich. (laughs) Yeah. This is why I tell people who can start complaining here. I tell them, look, obviously you don't know. Try that, or go to a third world country. Broke. Well,
1: you know, we could stop right here, and if we were to edit this show so that it's so I get excited and I get passionate about it because I just
0: want, you know, if 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 I had to say so, you know, um, excuse me for being blunt, I think everybody that is in this. situation what have you that complain about having you know good food to eat nice warm blankets down pillows you know (laughs) should experience going to a third world country and um
1: see what life is like doing
0: that broke for a while and And it's it's, not the
1: same as going to a third world country when you got american express card in your pocket no and mommy and daddy can no cards you out of there the Nothing being really stuck there. Yeah, I know what you Nothing. mean. Yeah.
0: And you want to help as an American because they see you as having money. A woman on the street with her kids. Well, a lot of people. They think, think Americans are rich.
1: A lot of people think that these social injustices or this economic disparity is the fault of someone who has less. And I'm wondering what you have to say about that. Is it homeless person's fault because they haven't figured out how to make more money or they should move to Iowa or they could could live cheaper than an Aspen? or
0: Um, What's the issue there? I don't think it's someone's fault when they're born into a, a situation where the family is totally shattered and the child is being hurt, their mind is already being molded. Yeah, It's already damaged. It's shattered. It's broken. So... What happened to me was, and then when I found out that my mom wasn't my real mom, I thought, my thinking was, as a kid, oh, I can't trust my family, so I can trust everybody else. And that's where I had the learning came in. Years of learning.
1: What did you learn? That not everybody else is trustworthy, or what? Or that they are
0: good people, or it's a mix? It has to be earned trust
1: i agree with that yeah it you definitely hear word, has to be heard the word not being able to trust thrown around a lot and i'm always asking trust me to do what you know trust right. me to meet your every little expectation or right. trust me to kiss your ass or something you know for whatever you want i mean i think that's a it's a real issue you're right well let me ask you this what's the future look for you uh, like for you i mean have you got a plan or are you just keeping on keeping on and
0: yeah, I've got, I've got plans and
1: and you don't have to share them and I don't want um, I don't want to jinx them by having you announce them because that can sometimes happen.
0: Oh, that's just a superstition. Oh, that's a
1: superstition. Okay. Yeah,
0: <laughs> I was born on the 13th and I test my luck. I walk under ladders and everything. I test it and it's just not. What about sharing. black
1: cats? Do you let them walk in front of you?
0: I've had lots of black cats. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're just trying to get to the other side. That's all.
1: Why did the chicken cross the road? Just, just the wants to get to that the other is, side. It's too far to go around. Oh yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, <laughs>
0: that's a good one.
1: Well, it's like, why are you homeless? <laughs> it's too much trouble to figure out how to get a house.
0: You know, you know, you, you just reminded me of something that um, I don't know the officer, but um, when I was camping under a bridge for three nights. Um, I was just being, I, I wasn't thinking of other people, and I was being dramatic, and I stood on the, the railing, and I went like this, and I pretended to just fall, but the, it was only three feet off the ground, All you right. know. At that time, a sheriff pulled up with his lights on, and he was just like, oh. he goes, he said, you know, you're really not supposed to be jumping off, the, <laughs> off, this, bridge. <laughs> you're not off this bridge, and I said, I'm just down here. <laughs> but I didn't think of how it would affect other people. Yeah. And so I got to remind myself again that not, and you got to be serious, but keep your sense of humor, right? And he, one thing he said to me, he says, well, we all have our choice of how we want to live. I said, no, this is not how I want to live.
1: It's not a choice. So that's, It's not always that's a choice. A, that's a false statement that people yes. say, oh, you're just choosing to be homeless. No. Now, there may because be some that do, do you think? A few? That, that
0: have given up on society? Oh, yeah.
1: Well, I've had people tell me, up. why do I want to work three jobs and use all my time to pay some landlord an inflated rent? I'd just as soon camp um, and put up with the imperfect homeless shelter
0: programs. <laughs> Which is a big problem in Hawaii. Yeah. A really huge problem in Hawaii. Um
1: yeah, I know out west of Waikiki, I there's beaches that are just full of VW vans that have been there for decades and it's It's, it's and
0: very sad. And, and Nelson Mandela made a quote about homelessness. He said there's absolutely no excuse for anyone to be homeless. I can't, I don't remember it verbatim, but... Um, there isn't.
1: And the Republic of South Africa has a huge amount of camps as you fly into Cape Town. Yes, you're flying over the homelessness hundreds there. Hundreds of acres of tin roofed dwellings yes. and canvas
0: shanties. It's a problem the world has. It's everywhere. It's just not here in Aspen, it's everywhere. But one of the reasons why I left Hawaii was exactly because of that. As a single woman, I didn't feel safe anymore.
1: So safety is a big part of it. It's a huge from problem. Everything you've told it's a, it's me. It's a
0: huge issue. Safety
1: is why you lack of safety is why you left home to begin with. Safety prevails as an issue. Uh, do you think that's harder for women in general? Are, are women more Absolutely. likely? Absolutely.
0: That's 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 that, that, that that's that's the seed of uh, a lot of drug addiction. Ah. When you're a woman. And you're by yourself at night. You don't want to be raped, molested, whatever. You don't want to be beat up for whatever reason, stolen from. You're going to take a drug that's going to keep you up all night. And we're talking about meth. Yeah. Now, I've heard this talking to women uh, firsthand on the islands. It's, it's, they don't want their children to be dragged off to the bathroom to be molested, raped. You know... That's where it comes from. So first, you can fix the drug problem, but first you need to get to the root of the problem. And I think, because there's so many people that have this, this similar issue of homelessness, is there's a problem with children being hurt in the family. That chain needs to be broken. There needs to be a stiffer sentence on people that hurt children, it, that causes them to leave home, to become drug addicts.
1: A way and of, this
0: continuing of this we have before, to get to that the, the source uppers, you
1: know like cocaine and meth are a way of staying vigilant for yes. your own protection yes that's a, a new concept for me and I'm glad you shared that with us that's yeah
0: so we can fix a drug problem fine but I think it's if we go further down get the, and get to the seed of where this begins yeah because it happens to men too but they don't like to talk about
1: it oh yeah because they're being busy Because being it's macho and,
0: right, right yeah. in in our in our society. Um, I've tried to talk about it on the internet, um, online, and uh, it it upset uh, a few young men. And so right. I decided not to talk about it. So well, once some again, people
1: like to protect themselves by hiding themselves from the truth. It's right. you know it's hard. Like I said, if you don't talk about it, you're destined to work it out. You know,
0: if you don't talk about it, the problem is going to. Continue. Continue. So you have to break that chain. Take the risk and break the chain. Well, speaking of
1: continuing, yeah. we're just about out of time okay. for today. I'm really enjoying everything you're sharing with us. You've got a lot of courage to share all of these very personal things because I'm sure there's people out there watching that are seeing themselves in what you say or there's people out there watching who thought, I never realized yeah. how complicated all this is.
0: Yeah. It can it can happen to anybody like that. Lose and I like to everything.
1: maybe end this discussion with, you know, we know a lot of things to do, what I call psychological jujitsu. Yeah, You saw today yeah. me calming a person down who was literally going off like a volcano. Right. Yeah. But it's so complex. And I guess if there's anything we you and I together want to tell the public is hang in there with us because... We may not be perfect in trying to solve all the problems for homeless people. But we're trying. But we're the best thing around, and, yeah. and uh, we, we are trying.
0: We're trying, and and us that are homeless try to help each other the best we can and keep each other calm. Calm down. Yeah, you guys do support (laughs) each other and hug each other and say it's going to be okay. And then at other times, it's going to be okay. Some homeless
1: people are the needle in the side of some, or the thorn in the side of someone's (laughs) side, just bugging the heck out of you, right? Oh yeah. So yes, definitely. Well, I think for for now, let's end this discussion now. But I'd love to have you back sometime and talk more about this and what your experiences are as you go along, because sure. Uh, absolutely you're, you're quite articulate about it and I want to thank you very much for being here I also want to tell the public that as far as I know we still have our August 15th uh, barbecue cook-off at the base of the the gondola at the at Ajax tavern which is a big fundraiser for our program so that we have enough money to pay people to come in and help you guys and cook for you and answer the phone Excellent. and so on and uh, and that we have uh, we're gonna be at the Saturday market on July, 27th and again on August 17th where we will sell these really cool t-shirts I like that which have become kind of a cult following among college kids around the country mm-hmm. and uh, it's just they find them humorous and also commentating as well so um,
0: it's, it's a conversation starter
1: yeah yes. it does because it doesn't yeah. say I am homeless it just says homeless and Aspen what's that about right so thank you Marlene for being here <laughs> thank you It's a pleasure talking with you. Thank you. And uh, please keep tuned and look up our other shows. Thank you very much.
0: One evening as the sun went down and the jungle fire was burning, down the track came a hobo hiking. And he said, boys, I'm not turning. I'm headed for a land that's far away beside the crystal fountains. So come with me, we'll go and see the big rock candy mountains in the big rock candy mountains.